Act 3 Space, the thing we have to cross. These are the voyages of the USS Horizon. Its ongoing mission, to seek out new life, to swear it was on stun the whole time, and to boldly claim we can fix it. Hey there everyone, welcome to Terrible Warriors, to the third chapter in our Return to the Living campaign. We are the stars that give us life. Is that what it was? I should just keep this up. No, we are the stars. Oh, okay. Welcome back, everyone, to Terrible Warriors, to our run through the, te- the uh, Star Trek adventure. I almost said the terrible adventure. The Star Trek adventure <laughs> here, the living campaign. Uh, we are playing through the next chapter of that living campaign where we left off. We're like a year or two behind now. They're already into their second season. We're taking our time. Uh, also from Aaron uh, Paulier, who we had interview on the show a little while ago, a campaign for 2371. Because, of course, the living campaign has two threads, a 23rd century and a 24th century if you're a nerd of Star Trek like I am, this is important to you to know. We are the stars that sing with our life is the name of that episode. doesn't mean anything to you yet, but here we are. Third episode, the USS Magawi has left at capacity. The USS Revelation left behind. Finish up, pick up everyone else because you got a little delayed there with that whole like shuttlecraft and EVA thing. Took some time. And uh, now you've been left behind just as you were hit by another massive gravimetric shockwave from the dying star that will collapse within the next four hours. And uh, your warp core just got knocked out. Oh, no. Uh, I am not alone at this table, of course. I need a crew to terrorize. And my crew, shaking at that boots, are helmsman Ensign Armstrong. Played by a Brent Morris. Yes. Who talks into his microphone? I do. I am. Am I? And a little closer, like that. There, there is go. that better? Yeah. That's oh, my, it is better. Yeah, I know. I warned you. You got to eat these mics. <laughs> you got to eat them. Eat them like an ice cream cone. Yeah, my character has a headache and <laughs> is kind of vomiting. Yeah, you got you got low key radiation poisoning there. You'll be fine. <laughs> You'll be fine. The doctor says you're gonna be fine. Hi, doc. <laughs> Hi, uh, Neil Tavares, uh, playing Teth. Yeah, our chief medical officer of the Revelation, as well as uh, research head for the departments. You kind of, you're the duty officer there who kind of, you know, you do that. You do that. Don't, yeah. don't do that. Don't do that don't, thing. Don't do that thing. Just do what I, do what Lassa, I tell you. Lassa, don't do that thing, Lassa. Uh, Lieutenant Bo Lassa, who does not hear to don't do things, <laughs> I do all the things. In real life, Velvet Duke. Speaking of things, I do Holodeck Follies with the Dandies. Yeah, go check it out. Comedy Bar every month. Yeah. It's like a six-year-long, like, I know we're joking about like, oh, the living campaign. We've got so much canon now and only things we got to remember. You've got six years of improvised chicanery. Lifetime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Captain's Log Supplemental. Captain Riga speaking. It was our duty to stay behind as there were still civilians in harm's way but it has put us at risk. The collapse is only an hour away, and the last of the personnel are coming aboard. I've ordered the ship to full impulse as soon as the last shuttle is aboard, but we are currently unable to enter warp due to the damage from gravimetric waves. I'm hoping that getting as many light minutes between us and the star will buy our engineering and science teams more time 
to stabilize a warp field and get us to safety. We did a little bit of a time jump there. Catch us up. Thing is, it's not as dire as it sounds. The speed of light is pretty slow when you're moving at full impulse like this. Even if you are still in the system when the sun goes nova, it would be about 15 minutes from Troy U2 before anything reaches you. If you're moving at full impulse away, every minute gives you a few more minutes before that shockwave is going to hit you because you're moving at full impulse is about 60, 70 percent uh, percent the speed of light. Uh, you can sometimes go a little faster, but then you start fucking around with relativity and uh because the faster things start going relatively because sublight impulse you're still affected by the laws of relativity whereas warp you're not um so the faster you push the impulse engines the more time gets screwed around with so there's don't worry don't worry there's safety measures in the ship that prevent that from happening uh and you're not allowed to break them anyways so that's that's you don't want temporal command on your side <laughs> uh, Again, <laughs> so the warp drive has been knocked out, and uh, last of the shuttles were brought aboard. You left the two behind from the Magawi. Um, you breaking orbit. The ship is moving at full impulse away, uh, right before the stars to implode. You're gonna have to get the warp engines online. Uh, but as I explained, time's not as dire. You've got some. You got about 19 AUs between you and the star uh, an au being the distance between one au is earth to the sun i don't know how they handle it in star trek but presumably it's still the earth to the sun and everyone just has to deal with earth standard measurements <laughs> like a so eurocentric <laughs> colonial nightmare that star trek is um so it'll be like 160 minutes before any shockwave would hit the ship so you got that's an eternity of time for people as well trained as you, Starfleet. So, so, uh, so Riga is given this thing. We're, we're on the bridge. Things are tense. Everything's on board. You know, the, the, the hampers worked. People got on the ship. Transporters didn't work out well. And doesn't matter. They're not going to need to be used anyways. Uh, and you're, you're, you're punching it out. But your warp drive, because you did wait right to the last minute. Uh, it's gone. Um, that's an engineering issue. You're not engineers. You've got your own thing with the whispering. is becoming a real problem. Uh, and you can definitely be working on that. But Armstrong is you, you welcome. I mean, Rudsky can probably work with the engineering people. Okay. He could return the favor. He was out there. He risked his life for you. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, old Rudsky. I, yeah, I could, I could go help, help in engineering and make some contributions i don't know if they'll be helpful but i could contribute tell them all about those jaeger maneuvers you used to do in fine detail just like he told you about the replicators fair fair play (laughs) (laughs) um we need to worry we need to focus on emergency repairs on the ship uh the amount of successes you get from this is going to determine a whole lot of uh, options that you're going to have or not have later on in this episode we're playing here um by default it would be reason and engineering with a difficulty of two focused on emergency repairs warp core operations warp field dynamics all that kind of stuff um since you're mostly science people i would allow you to use your science if you're working in collaboration with the engineering team 
and you might be able to help them like work through the math of it all. <clears throat> you, uh, uh, I would let you use your science ability uh, to consult with the engineering teams uh, to to work through uh, the issues with uh, you know the warp core wasn't at, like. I mean, the work core has been damaged, uh, but you can you can definitely help out with that. That needs to be that that's 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 a priority now. We got to get the ship able to get out and rendezvous with the Megawi. Um, subspace communications are affected by the um, intense radiation coming from the sun, so it's not like you, can, you can't even be like, "Hey, Megawi, want to come back? Help us out here," uh, because you are minutes away from this thing popping like a balloon. This so they probably wouldn't even bother. They'd be like, "No, we're not going towards a supernova." We didn't save all these people just to put back in the fire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're going to watch from a safe distance. So, um, yeah. Uh, as as far as for for Teth, I don't think there's anything he could do as far as the the, the warp coils. I feel like whatever I can possibly. You're do to working try and on the radiation final. poisoning. Yeah, radiation I would love okay. a hypo oh, spray. And you want to you want to look into the whispering <clears throat> issue. The whispering. Also, I mean, we never did get a chance to take a look at that dark spot either enough, I feel like. Yeah, mm. so the whispering... As well as the um, ring. There's a... Uh, like, do I have another couple doctors on here? I'm going to be like, he's fine. Just do this, that. <laughs> He'll be good. I got to go do things. <laughs> <laughs> Is he still warm? Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> he's fine. Doctor, they're just passing me around. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, you do also have, like, uh, of course, Peter Taylor's on board, so he can help around with, with all this kind of stuff, too. Perfect. He's got, he's got like, um, he can uh, increase the amount of crew support for a single mission by two, so he can increase it so that three is now at five, because um, you've got all these extra scientists on board, and any tasks involving science or medicine... Um, but that's it. Just it won't work for I feel, I feel like with Taylor, like, as soon as he's back up again and Teth gets a chance to talk to him and be like... Taylor, the next time you talk to me like you did a little while ago, you'll never see another planet again. And I'm changing the rules. Uh, you, you, are in top, uh, you are in touch with the Megawi. Your subspace is fine. They can't come back in, but he can talk you through anything with engineering tasks. Because okay. th that, that ship is a crew of Corps of Engineers engineers. Mm -hmm. uh, they can help you out, uh, and you've got open channels, and they're like, uh, Revelations, you are past your point of no return. You need to leave that system uh, eight minutes ago. And you're like, our warp core is out. You're like, oh, well, Revelation, we can talk you through this. Like an air traffic control operator that I am uh, apparently <laughs> making like, fun of right now. Like the guy from Red vs. Blue. <laughs> hey there, uh, uh, what's hey going there? on there? So I understand your warp core is out. Uh, don't worry, I can talk you through this. It's real simple. First, you need to get your matter-antimatter mix ratio to one. If it's anything other than that, uh, well, we wouldn't be having this conversation anyway, so I must already be talking to a ghost. Once I get back on my feet, I am a field medic, so. Perfect. Perfect. Although, doctor, don't heal yourself. I mean, that's the only thing. <laughs> you don't treat yourself. I, I have a third eyebrow. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I'll have like a third nipple from now on from the radiation. Yeah. Right, yeah. Canon. It's canon. It expressed that in you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Dr. Teth, you want to look into this whispering. It's going to follow the scientific method. Sounds good. Um, step one is observe. <clears throat> it, you must first ask questions. Initial observations by the characters will be able to determine what discipline this observation fits into, engineering, science, or medicine. Any character with disciplines from those categories may make this task with a difficulty of zero. Once this character is determined, a character with a high skill level in a discipline becomes the research lead. 
This character takes lead in further steps and makes any dice rolls needed. So it is a uh, uh, observation. We need to first roll in what have you observed about this, and we need to figure out before we get into even doing the scientific method, we need to know which discipline it falls into. Is it engineering, science, medicine? It's unlikely to be con, commander, security. Yeah. Those don't seem to fit into it. Uh, which of those three disciplines is this? I mean, if I was going to approach it, he would absolutely be approaching it after maybe... Oh, actually, yeah, but I know question. the answer to that, not you. You have yeah, to find out which of those three it is. What could be so medicine? you all roll into it, and you find out by those successes who will be the research lead. Okay. You're in charge of research on the ship, but it might not be you who heads it up. It depends Makes on sense. whoever has the highest discipline number who rolls into it. Okay. Um, so what is your engineering there, Armstrong? Two. And what's everyone else's engineering? Two. One. One. So actually, Armstrong's the engineer in this, whether <laughs> he wants to or not. And um, Lassa is science, and Teth is medicine. Correct. So each of you uh, roll science plus, uh, or like that discipline plus reason. Two dice each. Just tell me which ones you got successes. Oh, boy. No. Yeah? Two yeses. All right. Take some momentum. A couple of momentum. I got one yes. You got one yes? All right. This is a um, it's, it's a difficulty of zero, Thank so you, you don't get any momentum. You're generating oh. momentum to use in this study, okay. right? So oh, okay. put them into like maybe one of those buckets to d d determine. Um, so congratulations, Lassa. You got no successes, but it is a science discipline is where this task falls into. <laughs> It operates on many brain patterns and over a large area. So it doesn't neatly fit into medicine or engineering. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so like both Armstrong and Teth are like, no, this is an engineering problem. This is a medicine problem. And Lass is like, guys, it's both. This is a problem problem. Um, so step two, the reason we're reading this out, Neil, is we've actually never done this oh, rule from the game before. Hypothesize. Players are encouraged to throw out ideas on what might be happening while trying to fit them into the focuses for the character for the category of this problem, uh, science in this case. The research lead, which is now Lassabo, which works because you're the one going crazy. Uh, you actually find out you're not going crazy. It's like, oh, I, I'm not the only one hearing this. You got the other Vulcans there. Um, hypothesis and the research lead uh, may or may not have the skill focus. But they then explain these ideas to the game master. Oh, what? Okay. Players are encouraged to throw out ideas on what might be happening while trying to fit them into the focuses for the category of the problem. The research lead then chooses between three and five of these ideas to use and are called the hypotheses. The research lead may or may not have the skill focus, but they can explain these ideas to the game master. The game master sees the hypothesis that fits the actual solution to the research problem. They regard that as the right way. They do not inform the players which hypothesis is correct. If none of the hypotheses presented fit the actual problem at all, the game master immediately gains a threat and can tell the players to go back to the drawing board and repeat the process. So you now have your research team. You guys are down in Medical Bay while Engineer is working to like, fuck, we got to get the warp core back up and running. We're not going to worry about that. We're worrying about the whispers because you're right. There's not much you can do. But these whispers might be critical in helping figure out what the hell's going on in the system. Um... I need you to find the right way. And I know what it is. It's written right here on my page. Um, all of you can present different ideas, but Lassa is going to present me with your three to five. These are what we think is happening. 
You've got a number of things of evidence here, including everything we've learned in the previous encounters with this tech. Um, and it would be like the name of a focus, right? Like, like it doesn't have to be focus you've got on your page, but think of it like a study field name of a course or something like that. I think it's this. And trying to take it to like tug of war if we had done scientific theory on that when things were going on. It's like, I think it's gravimetric disturbances, tractor beams, uh, telekinesis. I would say, great, one of those is right. And it ended up being tractor beams. But if you hadn't mentioned anything about alien tech or anything that fit that wheelhouse, even I would be like, none of those are close. I gang a threat, and you now have to present me with three more choices. Nice. Right? So this is what it is. So so this allows, this is what I mean, is this adventure kind of gives some breathing room here for the role play to breathe it out. There's not really anything to roll here. The three of you are in down in sick bay. Armstrong is only there because of the radiation poisoning. Rudsick <laughs> can be there. Rudski, and I can have Rudski there to help along. But... um. You're down, and you've got you've got some of the crew from the archaeology team. You're like, we can't help with the warp core, but we can help figure out why you're all hearing voices. Uh, I have a theory. Uh, since I'm experiencing this, I'm going to go first. We can't explain the technology we've met out here, but we know that it works, and we know it's powerful. I'm hearing voices. This is some kind of communication, either relay or broadcast. Okay. Um, the only thing I can kind of think of right now, as well as that it could potentially be even a matter of the proximity, we have a lot more of it on board right now. Well, there's that, but there's also the fact that this is coming close to critical as well. Maybe that's why it's getting stronger. Did we, we didn't detect any emissions from that shadow in the star. It was, there, there was clearly some something some gravimetric effect that was affecting the ring of debris could could it be inside the star could it be inside the star i mean the star's about to go nova you're you're this is getting worse as the star is getting worse mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah like is this broadcast thing Rutsky's inside like, yeah the- look you put those two lines inside each other and it goes up and that goes that's, up that's and the Rutsky. reports from the people talking about the voices <laughs> sorry sir no you're absolutely right I was absolutely <laughs> right see that we take those two lines you make a graph we had three reports here and now we got four reports here that, that's great Redsky. thanks buddy you're welcome sir well it seems that we're in agreement of the what this like might look at be your replicator? but but uh, yes, actually, go do that now. Can please. you make me some fries, actually? <laughs> oh, those are my specialty. Did you know that they're always the oh, exact no. same fries? You said no matter fries. What That's why I like them, Rutsky. I like the exact same fries every time. <laughs> you said fries. Yeah. <laughs> There's this one fry that has no salt on it because the original fries that were put in didn't have salt. On- <laughs> I'd be like ushering him out the door <laughs> as he's as he's in mid communication. <laughs> the one down the hall. Um, so Goodbye. we have an idea of the, the what, but now then how do we solve for this? Because it is it is getting more and more intense. So just come up with three headlines that you would then present to me of this is what we think is causing it. We think that there is a hidden device in the sun that is causing this broadcast. Okay. 
Could it be caused by the artifacts that we've now all brought on board? We think that <gasps> we have, uh, because of the artifacts, we think the artifacts the, are affecting us. That that ship that just, what's it called, the Murakowski or something, or the Murawski? Boom, or... the whole ship kind of gets rocked again. <clears throat> and it, this time, because the gravimetric studies are getting, relativity's having a bit, like when Armstrong starts talking, he starts talking, and it's like a sick in time. Yeah. Like, oh, shit, time ripple. <laughs> oh. Just a little tiny one, like a hiccup. Okay. That that's as I was saying, that ship that just left, do they have any empaths on board? Are they experiencing anything? Did we bring something up that's causing this? I guess we can make a quick kind of call to them, but yeah, that's a good question. So far it is it's correct to assume that they would as well or ours so have. The device is in the star, the device is in the artifacts, and the third one is uh, the gravi- uh, the gravity waves, gravimetric waves. If, if, because the situation's getting worse, is that also why, is that why it's getting worse? Does does the 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 voices seem to get louder with every wave, or uh, louder or clearer? Okay, would you say or or harder more to of ignore? Them? Yeah, yeah, it's just sort of like okay. um, it's like the music box. Okay. Yeah, it's a little bit like like if the door's closed and they're coming from outside. Every now and then that door opens, mm. like there's a house party going on, and, ah, and it's closed again. Yeah, so it is getting louder. I mean, there's some things that you might be able to use, Doctor, to help like block it out. Um, cortical implants kind of a thing cortisone i think is one that they mentioned a lot in star trek cortical stimulators yeah that kind of helps like uh numb it is this what we want do we want to numb it is it it causing difficulties in you in your focus or is it something that we may require until we get away from the star we can't rule out that it's there if it's the artifacts we're bringing it with us so it may not be able to be reduced i I would worry about that you started hearing this stuff when you were on the bridge you were never near any artifacts you heard them again when you were down by the artifacts in the cargo bay but it was coming from outside the ship i thought Uh, the first time i was in the shuttle in the shuttle first time you were in the shuttle oh sorry i meant uh, you've also been hearing it when you're just on a uh, uh, at a science station up on the bridge and we're now you're in, in medical bay there's nothing around here right it it if it's related to the artifacts, you can't correlate that. It, it it's not. It doesn't seem. It it's related. Definitely getting more intense as the star collapses. Mm-hmm. Definitely how it feels, but not necessarily your proximity to any artifact. So I believe that it is either empathic or psychic nature, as opposed to an actual uh, broadcast device. It okay. is operating on a non-physical level. So you have so you got one idea is that whatever is in that sensor shadow is broadcasting. Yes. You have another idea that it's actually telepathic from an un detected source. source. We don't know what the debris was. We don't know what caused the debris. When Brodsky kicked him out, he could have offered something, but he kicked him out. I wanted fries. He with comes that. back with the fries. I was going to say, yeah, I wasn't <laughs> supposed like, to come back. <laughs> you no, know, it got me thinking while I was making these fries. <laughs> All of the subspace damage being caused by a star going supernova might be causing cracks in the wall of space time. Wow. And you make fries? I make the fries. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to talk about your placement after we get through this, Redski. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Wait, is Rudsky getting a promotion? <laughs> That's a new value for you. <laughs> getting everybody a else Personal promoted. vendetta against Rudsky. <laughs> um, so, so then... Breaking down some sort of barriers between I, dimensions? Just to, ta- to take from what I'm going to take a threat for helping you out. What Rudsky just said, maybe it's not from the now. Maybe what I'm hearing is not from now. It's from the past or the future or a combination of all three. Or maybe what I'm hearing is actually just the crack itself. I mean, that's really incredible if that's potentially what this is. I'll have a great personal log coming out of this one, but let's solve it for (laughs) us. Yeah, thanks for the fries, by the way. Rigelli and Spices. Freshly cracked. From the moment they were cloned, of course, because these aren't the original things. These are replicated. Replicated fries are exactly the same for the original ones that were first brought on board this ship two years ago. Where's the one with no salt? I ate it. It's oh. my favorite one. <laughs> uh, so, just say it back again, because I, I, I'm just a little fuzzy <laughs> right now. Okay, so we... Not we... good for focus. <laughs> There's the idea that it's potentially causing some sort of a a breach in space and time. Right. Uh, so, it's either a physical thing somewhere. Well, it's not space it's, and time. It's just called space-time. Space-time space is the same time. thing. Okay, yeah. space-time. Because when you start getting down to the quantum level, it's the same, same. thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just timey-wimey stuff. Thanks, timey Stephen whiny, Hawking's. Yeah. It's just wibbly-wobbly Spacey and stuff. Spacey-wacey. <sighs> All right. Well, I, I think I, I think we've played out all of the ideas that that we might come up with. I, I, I can't, especially with time or space uh, shortening before us. Uh, so the hypotheses are: there's something in the uh, sensor shadow. There is an unspecified uh, uh, influencer telepathically affecting some of us. Uh, or there is a fissure, a crack of some sort in space-time. Okay. Is it all... That's bizarre. Yeah. One of those three is the right way. We will begin testing in the next scene. Uh, it will require five successes to complete the research to find out which of those is happening. However, we still have to deal with the warp core. You're getting word from engineering uh we're working as fast as we can we're rolling dice and trying to get the things going on but this is an exact science we're not going to be able to just turn on a warp core that's been deactivated because of gravimetric disturbances there are safety protocols in check for that way uh and you know they're 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 confident we'll be able to get it going but just keep moving us away and get every minute we can you're down in sick but you're like you're a bit a little you know you're at a loss. There's not much any one of you can do. Um, so you're going to work on this and maybe try and find some answer about the whispering. The whispering is getting louder as the star continues to get weaker. Um, so it requires, uh, it's like reason or science, reason and science. And it's a difficulty of three when you're rolling into this as you're doing. You're all working like Think of it like a science montage here. Looking at like 
displays and brainwave patterns and recording those brainwave patterns. You've have got this the pile other, of pads. You've got the other Vulcans that are certainly more receptive to this than you are, and you've got them like sedated on on med bays, and you've got like the cortical readers on their heads, and you're like reading everything, and you're putting it up on the screen. You're trying to maybe maybe you can record what they're hearing, and that will help you like break into things. You need five successes on top of the difficulty of three. Uh, this is where that momentum that you had, yes. and the, and remember, you've got how many successes from that very first bit about the star? Yes, from the very beginning, yeah. it was three, wasn't it? It was. That's so correct. you only need two successes on top of that if you spend your successes that you had from earlier on, um, and work with the sensor readings, the Gawi, the stuff, the archaeologist. Maybe Peter Taylor wants to come around and help out because he's like, I can't help with engineers, and you've got the archaeologists who want to know more about these devices. And so they bring up some of the crystals from the cargo bay, perhaps, and they've got them in now. Your med bay is turning a little bit into a science yeah. lab, doctor. Bring up Taylor, and we, we, we're going to need this now. We're going to need what you know. Don't break it. It's priceless. Yeah, we, we don't have... know how old it is. Oh, it's at least like, 10,000 years. Don't let the air touch it. It's a post-currency it. society. I don't know thanks, why he would say that. Thanks for being but super it... obvious, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what they call me, super obvious Taylor. How did you know? <laughs> Uh, we are definitely going to be using yeah, our momentum. I, I rolled a, a natch twenty. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, oh, oh, that yeah. creates some complications. Uh, so so you say, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We will. We'll, uh, yeah, you don't have to tell this, Taylor. As then Rudsky drops one, and it shatters uh, into pieces on the table. He, on he the might floor. have dropped two. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. I, he I, dropped one I'm onto sure another we can one. Put it back together. <laughs> That would be one of those like but shatter you know what? silence. As it hits the ground, um, every time there's like the ship rock, that's like Rudsky, God damn it! But then when you look, all the little bits, like tendrils of blue, kind of move like almost like smoke, going around them. And remember that device on Seku Six, the way it glowed inside. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Okay, so you fucked up. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, I I uh, I make the choice not to go around sniffing all the tendrils of blue. Another ripple, though, in time, and it. You know what? Here, let me. Because uh, I want to give you some answers. I spent some threat. Um, oh, I should take some threat. You take threat. Yes. Yeah. Um, Rudsky drops it. God damn it, Rudsky! Blue tendril. You're like what? And then do it again. It reverses, reassembles, and Rudsky's just about to drop it again. And Armstrong's able to, you know, <laughs> and 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 space time's getting a little fuzzy, wibbly wobbly. Yeah, wibbly wobbly. It was just like that hiccup earlier, but see, the last time I experienced that, it was around a bomb. So uh, that was man-made. I mean, this may be man-made, but ancient man-made. Okay. If this somehow is a continuum, you can you can succeed time. at a cost and spend momentum to bring you up to the successes that you need. So how many so you got the complications. Rusky dropped the thing. Mm-hmm. Fucking idiot. Um how many successes did you get though? I got one. I got one. Yeah. yeah. One, and did one. you use the ship's computers to help you assist? We would. Yeah. Would yeah, you be the ship's computer? Sure. Well, one beep, more boop, diner. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, 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 right. So science and. And you got team dynamics. You can use your con or command presence to help organize people around. You got the archaeology team. Oh yeah. Do so I up. got. Do so I'll up. do my uh, uh, command and uh, presence. So there's me. Is. Uh... All right. Well, I failed, but. 
Uh, I'm still going to do the... I, I'm going to use my uh, technical expertise uh, talent that says uh, whenever you attempt a task assisted by the computers or sensors, you may re-roll 1d20. So I'm going to do the ship's one first. That one worked. I'm going to re-roll mine. How many? That's what yep, that worked. Okay, so is that how many successes is that? That was two, two. successes on top of what did you two have? Uh, I had one success. Yeah, so right. four total. And four total plus if you spend momentum, you've got the successes from before. And we would. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how much more momentum would you like to spend for answers? It was a difficulty of three, uh, and you needed five successes. So, is this if, somewhere where I could use this testing a theory into? That yeah, both for follow-up yes. roles. Yeah, after, yes. but you need to have a successful role previously in order to yeah. lower the difficulty to two. Gotcha. Uh, I also can ask additional or get additional information from okay. this. Um, the increasing instability in space-time, Rudsky was right, mm -hmm. due to the imploding star is weakening subspace barriers. And you're able to tune in to what's happening. There's energy leaking through subspace into our universe. I, and we're I, passing I, through those leaks every time there's a wave. That's why the sound's getting louder. We've seen uh, apertures that have had that. With the pirate fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is one of those potentially inside that star? That's, that could be causing the sensor shadow, could it not? You and affecting the gravitational pull in the area. The whispering is from other minds and this is what the Vulcans are able to tap into because there is like, it's like being in a mind meld. Uh, the whispering is from other minds that exist, but not in a realm of subspace or, but like, but in a realm of subspace or another dimension, it's not from our universe or like a parallel universe, like the mirror universe, anything like that. It's uh, which you might not even be aware of as old top secret, but the, um, so they're also here, but not in the same way we are. If you wish to side. tune a subspace transceiver, you can amplify the signal, but it would be control engineering. Rudsky can assist with the engineering. Is that something you think that you could? Uh, I can. Whip I can up? attempt that. I got the. Uh... Because you've got, got the, the frequency engineering and you can hear control. it, but you've just got people who can hear it. But you might be able to make it so that the whole room can hear it. It will be a difficulty yeah. of one. Okay, yeah. well, let's hear. It. I think a lot of us really could stand. Okay, so I'll do. Uh, Rudsky rolled a two. He's on fire today. This guy. He's getting a promotion. He's getting a promotion. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Armstrong. You should sit down. Yeah, Rudsky's getting <laughs> get a promotion. Yeah. <laughs> From you've been. Uh, to the no, okay, so so another complication succeeded a cost, but Peter Taylor's gonna be furious. <laughs> You're using one of the crystals to try and tune to the frequency and find a harmonic resonance to try and create the tune. You get the frequency, but it goes like <laughs> and it shatters. And Peter's like, ah! <laughs> I told you one thing. <laughs> I told you one thing. These are priceless. We need them. We need. There was so much to learn. Another eon. There's. There was. There was no other like that. That was the largest one. 
but then as you hear that though, um, the the talking, the whispering, it's like a it sounds like an arena of voices now as it plays through the speakers in the med lab. Um, just as you're getting reports, there's that moment up on the bridge where uh, Riga, Captain Riga, and engineers like Captain, I'm sorry, we're we're not going to be ready in time. We we need we need hours more and and just in mid sentence, uh, you've got one of your windows in the med lab looks out on the exterior of the ship. The sun goes nova, and you're not out of range yet. <laughs> but at the same time that that happens, the receiver kind of clicks in to like clear focus. Like you're, it was all static on a radio, and then you just got the station. The words are not clear, but the emotions are. Any empathic characters, even the light ones like Bajoran, can feel fear and joy and sadness and anger, but it's all mixed in with this chaotic madness. Just as the star explodes, the voices will drain away until there's only a strong voice that speaks through this transceiver into the minds of the characters and to the people listening in the room. Tilakal, help us, please. As it, the static builds up and it becomes indecipherable and the frequency loses it. As the star brightens, begins to collapse inwards. But unlike other supernovas, the star doesn't completely collapse. And suddenly, as you see out the window, it pancakes into this brilliant disk. With its outer edges touching into the orbital debris, uh, every computer on the ship begins to blare out as stability in your inertial dampeners and the warp field that was being repaired disappear entirely, and the warp core once again shifts into an automatic safety. Anyone who was monitoring sensors would show a massive, unprecedented subspace rift form around the stellar remnant. The glowing disk spreading outwards towards Troyu 2. If we were up on the bridge, you'd see on the view screen an unimaginable energy of the collapsed star boil away the outer crust before the entire planet erupts into neon green lines of tortured space-time. And then, as the starship is suddenly thrown sideways, it's like the ground falls out. Everyone gets a sense of just dropping. Like, you just start going into freefall towards where the supernova was. And then everything just comes to a stop. And it's just a star field outside your window. There's no stellar remnant. There's no expanding plasma cloud. There's no planetary debris. There's nothing except this ripple of space-time that has now gone past the ship and is continuing outward. And there's no more whispering. And that frequency, whatever was tuned into, isn't tuned into anything now. And all the glowing lights in those artifacts, they're just black rock crystal. The camera pans away into the cargo bay 
The archaeologists are sorting through rescued objects. They notice glowing streamers of blue light that escape in the small channels that run across the surface of them. Oh, you know what? We had one in the med lab, so that happens too. The sensors don't show anything occurring, but suddenly alerts begin to go and your tricorders are going off and the main computer begins to detect tears and fractures in subspace leaking out of all of the artifacts. The tears begin to quickly heal and are undetectable again mere seconds after the glow disappears. So we had some in the, the shattered stuff that you broke. That all happens there on the floor. All of a sudden, like little graded pop marks of space-time just begin to erupt and all that blue tendril energy and then it's over. Uh. Uh. <laughs> what? Uh, I used to, I want to challenge Good news, Captain value. Warp has <laughs> been restored. That's at least some good news. Well, it was a few minutes late, Chief Engineer, but thank you. <laughs> and Captain Riga sets course for Starbase 364, Narendra Station, to meet up with the Megawi. Um, this is where I tender my resignation. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just... Can we... I feel like at least some Peter sort of Taylor has just scam. been talking his mind off ever since. If you're walking down a hallway, maybe the next day, and he's going through like these readings are incredible. I think these crystals might be interdimensional communication devices. Are they have multi-dimensional computer processes? We didn't know what to look for because we never decided to connect them to the radiation of a supernova. But it's like they spoke to each other. And he's just, he's talking faster than you can keep up with them. Like he's going full on archaeology nerd. Are, are we sure we are where we think we are? Oh, you're where you are. But the star system you were in isn't anymore. Like we're going to have to completely remake how we understand science and space time. If this civilization was powerful enough to transport an entire star system, I mean, like it's good news phase. we got just out of range. We had no idea to know what the range of that was, but the ship, the planet, the star, who knows what galaxy or universe we would have ended up in. And Peter is so like excited about this, but you look horrified, Teth. <laughs> I feel like there's like a minor grain in the Federation research of my brain. We are eons <clears throat> away from understanding this. This is the work of of the gods. <laughs> He just kind of walks off in his own head. <laughs> I'm going to get a Nobel Prize. I want to hire him for the Horizon. I think he'll be a good fit. Yeah, he'd be fun. He'd be fun. I guess I'm not getting that promotion after shattering no. all that stuff. Uh, I was going to say, they actually say, like, depending on your discretion, <laughs> characters can receive commendation from the Federation Science Council. Oh. Not Armstrong, though. You broke shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you're also not the sciences. These guys are taking all the credit. Fair enough. And it's, and it's a typical arc for Armstrong <laughs> yeah. that yeah. everyone overlooks yeah. you always, forever. Yep. No, that's fine. That's cool. I, you know what? Uh, you were working hard. I got you another gray sweater with a, a couple of bands of color across the chest. Oh, yeah. thanks. Robert, Robert Amos is also like relieved that you all made it back. Um, they saw what happened on the long-range sensors, and the people at Narenda are just like, can I take you out for a drink so you can tell me what that was? Like, no one has ever been that close to a supernova and survived. And the revelation made it out like it didn't even happen. Yeah. 
um, the two science leads, Lhasa and Teth, you do receive commendations from the Science Council. Uh, the commendations mechanically would mean any uh, you can cash it in on future missions for a single success in any commander science skill test uh, associated with the council. So if you're doing any kind of missions for them in the future, you can cash in that commendation to get an automatic success. You wouldn't even have to roll it. Just be like, yeah, I'm calling in a favor. Um, Lieutenant uh, Robert Amos, the Corps of Engineers from the USS McGowey, you can also keep, not as a support character, but as a contact. You ever want to hail him, consult, talk to him, he's available in the future as like a recurring character contact that you can call up end up back on the horizon be like oh you know what let's call up Amos see what he has to think about this and he can look over any engineering problems and uh, Peter Taylor <laughs> Peter Taylor is going off to another planet to go look at other ruins because we do not have even scratched the surface of what the Shackleton Expanse is about whoever this species was the reason the Shackleton Expanse is so difficult to navigate is likely because of them manipulating star systems like this to be able to move a star and its planet we don't even know where they went it's almost we almost wish we hadn't made it out of its range and had been sucked into that same singularity imagine the science we could have done yeah crazy <laughs> all of you are like paled yeah. like the blood strange we raised like taylor we would have been in another universe and never been able to get back. There's no point in doing science if we can't report back to Starfleet. There's no one to tell people. Yeah, it's like, like <laughs> who's going to bury you when there's no yeah. one left to dig a grave. This is my second encounter with this level of brilliance. I feel like an infant. I'm... I'm uh... I can only imagine that you're second because I'm floored at my one. How are you feeling, Armstrong? I got to drive the ship. <laughs> you and Rudski get along well. We needed another Rudski on the crew. Oh, <laughs> that hurts a lot. Rudski gets the commendation for the Science Council as well for cracking the case and 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 being able to determine and and, and Teth. I mean, mm-hmm. he's the replicator technician on board, but he there seems was... to be some kind of savant. Yeah, I I need to make some better use of him. Absolutely, <laughs> I have to speak with uh, Riga because that's just insane. Oh boy, we're back at Narendra Station. I, I wonder if we'll be able to get an original plate of fries to update the Matrix. I've you know, been thinking about poutine. You know, you know what, buddy? You you do what you need to. I'll I'll see how many strings I can pull. G strings. <laughs> you had to. I had to. And then he says, I want to say, like, as he's like pulling like the poutine and the strands of string, and he pulls it around, and sort of like says something remarkable about the philosophy of like life and light and the connections <laughs> in the universe. You're kind of like, you're weird, man. What's going on? <laughs> um, Riga. I mean, you didn't have the engineers on board, so we kind of bypassed that part of this adventure, which is one reason why we're ending a little early. Um, but Riga was happy to have you all on board, but um, it's sort of a weird mission with a weird kind of climax. But you're all back at Narendra Station. You hear the horizon is going to be coming by to pick you all up in a few days. Um, how are you all feeling now? You want to have another scene, one last scene here on Narendra? 
I think if we could have like a ten forward there's moment, a, there's a commendation. Yeah. Well, there's the commendations from the, from the science council. They come mm-hmm. here and they pin medals. You're all in like your dress uniforms, and you have this like reception. And you know Armstrong, you're there to like you know you're there too hold something, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and and you all get this, and uh, you know, all of your reputation bonuses go up. Nice. Um, I know we've been kind of lax on on, on doing that, and. Um, yeah, and then the you know the reception is there, and there's some toasts that are shared, and then everyone leaves, and it's just you know the three of you afterwards. Well, I... <laughs> there's a new itch to scratch. Absolutely. I mean, Taylor is way out there. He doesn't understand the risks of this, but he was right. There is so much more to discover. There, there's so much more out there to question every single one of our ideals or our beliefs I, I i need to see more i can't not see more are you sticking around in the uh expanse then uh dr teth i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to think on this but uh you guys seem to be some sort of a magnet for some of this so or just very fortunate <laughs> could be i'll introduce you to the captain I'm sure we'd get along probably not so well. No. No, you won't, no. but... <laughs> no. I'll, intru- yeah. I'll make the introductions at least. I had a hard enough time with mine. I want to say, like, at that moment, then, the horizon, like, comes out of warp and collides with Narendra Station. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's them now. <laughs> it's missing one of the nacelles. There's a big hole in the saucer. Like, no, 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 that's happening. I might rethink this. <laughs> it, it's um, saucer is already detached, and it's falling into the planet below. Armstrong, how are you at two places at once? <laughs> um... So we're actually going to end the episode here. It was only a three-parter, as it turned out. Uh, but it was uh, I think this is, this is good. I didn't want to stretch things out and pat it too much. Um, it's, uh, it, it, it's more mystery, leaves more questions than answers. Uh, but there is something to be found. There is a very powerful something out there um, doing things. Um, yeah. There's, there's, you didn't catch everything before it slipped away uh but you you got a lot and i, I thought it was pretty cool there with the uh with the transmission moment in the med lab um people are going to be trying to decipher what that meant for a long time um there's no record in starfleet database of that name uh, but it worked enough that the universal translators were able to kick in so it wasn't so alien as to not be able to understand it so that's interesting too we will follow up with this with a debrief because i feel like we all need to like vent a bit and share a bit uh, oh my so God, yes. come over to patreon.com slash terrible warriors join us for our debrief for the end of this episode and if you like star trek adventures and we want to go through and find out the next one um let me uh so the next one, if you want us to continue playing the Living Campaign, you can go over to patreon.com slash terrible You can also click on our poll. The first option in that poll is always the game we are currently playing. We will let you decide if we're going to do long-form games. In the next time on Star Trek Living Campaign Adventures Horizon Revelations, uh, the player characters are... Now, I, 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 I don't read this, players, because some of them might have spoilers. Um, the player characters join in a scientific and strategic meeting held aboard Narendra Station. That's helpful. We're already here. At this briefing, they begin to see the bigger picture of the strange going-ons within the Expanse and how alien technology and artifacts are related to the revelation of something called Tilkale. 
that name was mentioned. The players will investigate the disappearance of Federation sensor probes and run afoul of a Romulan landing party. <laughs> so the return to the Romulans. Answers where other missions and ships are going to be pooling their resources now. What else is everyone finding out? As we put things together and try and actually put a pin in what's happening in the Shackleton Expanse, I believe it's the season one finale of the Living Campaign is what that episode is. The Assessor Gambit. If you want us to keep playing, and it's written by Jim Johnson, who is uh, someone we also interviewed here on the show. If you want us to return to the Living Campaign, vote for it right now on patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. If you want to listen to the debrief episode, it's available right now at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. And for now, I have been your Game Master, surrounded by his valiant crew of the USS Revelation, our helmsman, and really just rolling a whole lot of 20s. Yeah, you no, need I'm a, you need a, super unhelpful. You need some new dice. I, I should have killed you. I should have just had your tether break off and drift. You would have been more helpful as debris. And you could play Rubitsky. Oh, boy, you be Rudsky now. Uh, <gasps> fries! I don't know if I can do Did that Did someone voice. say Rudsky? <laughs> I am Steve Armstrong, played by Brent I'm your Morris. best friend now. I've always wanted a best friend. <laughs> Jesus. Best friend. <laughs> awesome. Yeah! <laughs> I'm Velvet Duke, who played Lieutenant Bo Lassa. I'm uh, Neil Tavares, who played uh, Teth Chovacor. I feel like Teth just got, like, stung by the science bug in this mission. Yeah. He's like, oh, I just got a taste. Majors. A I need bit. more. I need more. This was like this, so much more. This is a really good mission for two science-based characters. Sorry. Yes. Sorry, Armstrong. <laughs> like, I, I feel just, like I say that a lot. I just wanted to impress the new character, and I don't think I passed the Teth. Get out. Oh, no. <laughs> The Terrible Warriors has new episodes out every Tuesday, and The Living Campaign has ended a week early. We only had enough story to really bunch out three episodes for you, but don't worry. Star Trek Adventures will continue again next week. We decided to fill out this month by calling up the person who wrote this game. Aaron Paulier is going to join us on The Terrible Warriors to talk about We Are the Stars That Sing With Our Life, the Star Trek Living Campaign, his other works for Star Trek Adventures, for tabletop playing in general, as well as some in-depth conversation on World War II reenactments. Yes, it's going to be one of those episodes where Justin goes off on a tangent and forgets the topic of the interview. A one-on-one -on -one interview with Aaron Paulier, the writer of this very campaign, next week. There is still time before December for you to vote on which game we will record during that month. And if you want us to keep playing the Star Trek Living campaign, and well, you've heard what's going to be happening next, we need to find out what's really going on in the Shackleton Expanse, head over to patreon.com slash terriblewarriors, and a Patreon supporter of any amount can participate in the monthly poll. And if you don't want us to keep playing Star Trek Adventures, you can choose between Dogs in the Vineyard, Urban Shadows, or Night Witches. You can vote for as many selections as you want, but if you vote for all four, you're kind of canceling out your own choice, aren't you? As well as get involved with our listener community on our Discord channel. They've been running games themselves, and hey, congratulations on that Extra Life marathon y'all recently did. That was a lot of fun to be involved in. Follow us on Twitter at Dice Warriors, and check the show notes to follow all the amazing people who are on this episode. Those amazing people, your crew of the Revelation. 
Brent Morris, Velvet Duke, Neil Tavares, and Justin Eacock. We return next week with an interview with Aaron Pollier. And then in the month of December, we return to the world of masks. A new generation, right here on the Terrible Warriors. <laughs>